This is CyberPod EU, the European cybersecurity podcast powered by Sockwise. Actually, they can be the, the heroes of this this new world, and we can still say that the biggest cybersecurity threat today is the expertise shortage. I think it's a positive result that 94% states that cybersecurity is now uh, more important than ever before. Hello everyone, it's Craig again. I just finished my recording with a very interesting guest I recently met in person at our SOC event in Munich, and there we had a pretty good time together. He is a young professional in the IT security environment, or we could say in the OT security environment. He is German, but he lives and works in Israel with his family. He shared a lot of nice insights into his career path and showed how normal it could be right now to work from everywhere. But no more spoiling, let's jump into the conversation now. I hope you will enjoy this as much as I did. Hi, Christoph. Welcome to CyberPod EU. Hi, Greg. Thank you for having me. Really excited uh, to be here. Yeah, it's, I think, uh, several months that we've seen each other. But uh, where are you at the moment? Yeah, it's been some time. I mean, uh, last time we spoke, I think, or we saw each other physically was in Munich. Uh, in Munich. I'm now in, in Israel, in Tel Aviv, a bit north of Tel Aviv, where I live, actually. And uh, yeah, great weather. Super hot, as <laughs> expected. <laughs> How about you? Yeah, yeah. Actually, it's hot in here, but not that hot, I'm afraid. But let's stop here for a second. So you live in Israel with your family, but That's you correct. come from you come from Germany, Berlin, and you also work for for or with companies in Europe, in Germany, and other European countries. Is it correct? That is correct. That is correct. And, so, and you are not even a developer. So, <laughs> so <laughs> not even. No. <laughs> what do you think? It represents the the new normal in the work life, or or is it something very special you have? I think it's it's both. I mean, I'm really happy to that we have these opportunities these days to live and and work remotely. Um, you know, to live in other countries if if we want to. For my um, in my case, it's it's a bit more difficult. I am from Germany, as you say, and I do live in Israel because my wife is from here and you know, being married, oh. I got the right to, to live here as well as a citizen, um, which makes things, uh, you know, like normal pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm working remotely, and as you pointed out, working mostly in the European market out from Israel. So that's something I think is, is a very big development in the recent years right i mean mm-hmm. especially during the covid time everything that's uh, everything changed from from being at the office all the time to being at home all the time working mm-hmm. from home and actually mm-hmm. made us understand that i can do my job at least mostly from home as well mm-hmm. and also i think tel aviv is very interesting is a very interesting place in terms of cybersecurity and startup world definitely so I- I wondered when I could be there one day because it's uh, there are a tremendous interesting events and companies and, and startups like like the startup you are working with at the moment. Uh, so yeah, yeah, it's a great place. Hmm? 
it's it's a great place, very vibrant, very interesting. Uh, a lot is going on, but um, also yeah, very westernized, so to say. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, the lifestyle is very similar to places in Europe. Um, mm-hmm. so I didn't have to adapt much on that angle. But as you pointed out, the cyber industry or the, the yeah IT industry is something that is um, is very big in Israel and uh, one of the strongest sectors in the country. It's a very small country, so mm-hmm. there's a bit of agriculture, obviously, but uh, not much of other industries mm-hmm. such as manufacturing and so on. So it's a lot of what they call here high-tech industries. Mm-hmm. So not only in the you know security space, cyber security space, but all around um, the the IT sector. Mm-hmm. Yes, for people I think who are not really familiar with the startup world, I, I am also an ex-startupper, so. I, I already found out that that Israel is, is is a center at least in the Middle East, but one of the the best places to go with a new startup because of the the environment there. And uh, you are you are actually also working for a startup. It's I would say it's a grown up startup, still very stable, generating revenue and profit, I guess. But uh, would you tell some words about your company and your job? Yes. Yes, I'll be happy to. So uh, the company I work for is called Skaterfans. Um, it is, again, like you said, not a startup anymore. We would consider ourselves more like a, what you call scale-up. So basically mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. means that we grew out of the startup phase. Um, a couple of rounds of funding are lying behind mm-hmm. us. Uh, we do have customers worldwide, so almost on every continent. Uh, well, actually, I think now we also have customers in Australia, so actually we do have customers on every continent. So definitely not what you would consider a startup anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but three years ago when I started here, I think it was still uh, a lot like a startup. So <clears throat> things are moving very fast within the company, within the organization. Um, it is, it's, it's very, it's highly flexible, a highly flexible work environment. Uh, you know, the communication ways inside the company were very, very short and very effective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we needed to adapt very fast to things like the COVID pandemic, for example, right? That's a good one mm-hmm. because I think we had it pretty easy in comparison to other organizations to adapt to that change mm-hmm. uh, simply because we were smaller and very agile, um, you know, also uh, in terms of uh, not only the, the workforce, but also in terms of um, the median age in, in the company, the median age was, I don't know, from 30, mid thirties, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's not really high. Um, yeah, so there were uh, big advantages. What Skaterfence does is yeah. uh, we're in the cybersecurity space and specifically here in the OT security space. So um, we talk a lot about IT all the time, information technology, but there's also a whole big uh, chunk of operational technology out there, right? So mm-hmm. um, a lot of organizations have what you would call OT environments, uh, Skater. Mm-hmm networks, ICS networks, and so on and so forth. And mm-hmm. our main goal is to secure these networks. Mm-hmm. Cool. And uh, what are you doing in this interesting business? Oh, yeah, My role is uh, I'm the sales director for EMEA, Europe, mm-hmm. Middle East, and, and Africa, but mm-hmm. uh, mainly focusing on Europe. Uh, and that's one of the, the big advantages, right? Being from Germany, living in Israel, work, working for an Israeli company. So it was really um, it's really a big advantage to speak the language and to know the cultural differences 
because mm -hmm. uh, I think mm -hmm. um, that might be, maybe it goes a bit into sales too much, but there is a very big difference between Israeli mentality and the German mentality. Although mm -hmm. I said it, it's very Westernized here, but still it's, you know, <laughs> you need to know the nuances of uh, mm -hmm. each culture mm -hmm. a bit better. And I think it's very hard for Israeli organizations to sell into markets such as, uh, you know, Germany or the whole Dach region. Mm -hmm. Um because of a lack of, you know, understanding the mentality mm -hmm. and the other way around. So I think um, being here, knowing both cultures and mentalities is a big advantage mm -hmm. and linking them together. Uh, I think that makes, um, it fulfills my role. Basically, I think it's a good add-on for the company, Skate Fans, but also for myself. It's very interesting because I mm -hmm. get to play these, you know, in between these countries. It's, it's a great, great. I agree. Uh, job i've just checked your your background and i saw that it's uh, your let's say your profession so your curriculum you've, you've done a university on this culture as well so i mean the the, the language True. as well and 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 in this, the area you're working or and working and living at right away so, yeah that's uh, really, it was more of a personal um personal type of uh, interest. I studied uh, Semitic languages, culture and mm -hmm. history of the Middle East back mm -hmm. then. Um, I, yeah, it was again, more like an interest. There's not much, mm -hmm. <laughs> the field after to work in is limited. It's, mm -hmm. it's yeah, yeah. Put it like that, but um, I think now it's, it's more interesting field. What I'm working I, on. I agree. And referring to the OT, which is sometimes uh, translated like uh, industrial security. For me, actually, it was a bit of a surprise that nowadays many financial companies also invest in, in OT security because they have a data center and in the data center there are uh, cooling technologies, just to mention one, which also utilize uh, proprietary protocols which are not really supported by the the original or the, or the normal type of, of IT cybersecurity tools. And that, that's when uh, skate offense uh, comes into play, I guess. Exactly. So um, if we speak about OT environments, we don't only speak about industrial environments such as manufacturing, you know, mm -hmm. and, and critical infrastructure, um, you know, water, wastewater and so on and so forth, but also um, building management systems. Building management. Where, yeah, True. EMS True. shortly. So that's where basically... That's where we're interesting for the financial mm -hmm. sector, such as banks or mm -hmm. uh, other mm -hmm. sectors that are operating buildings, uh, like hotels, for example, or, or event mm -hmm. venues, these type mm -hmm. of, of mm -hmm. buildings, um, way of access control management systems, and so on and so forth. So that's mm -hmm. basically the yeah connection into yeah. there. We just need to somehow accommodate to the new sides new vectors of, of threats i guess and yeah. one of those is that okay i'm in the elevator so and the elevator is 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 actually uh, uh operated by a plc so it's it's ot and and so on and so and so forth so yeah true yeah. um we have a a, a sector or a, or a, a special uh, part of the podcast which is called the headline of the week within the cyberpol eu podcast and i would like to continue with that Headline of the week. Today's topic uh, is coming from an, an article in, in a German medium called T3N with the following headline, which is uh, skills shortage threatens cybersecurity in 85% of all companies. 
uh, I summarize it for the listeners and, and maybe for you too. So uh, a current study revealed that a skills shortage in the cybersecurity field is threatening the cybersecurity of 83rd, 85% of the German companies. But it's not only a lack of people coming in, but also about attrition. So about 30% of all cybersecurity experts stated that they consider leaving their current job. I think it's shock, shocking. For example, that's why we conduct in our in our company that we conduct a career. So we, we we create a training and a career pass even before they enter the company because this is something the, the minimum these, these days. So okay. some further information from the article. Um, I think it's a positive result that 94% states that cybersecurity is now uh, more important than ever before. Mm -hmm. And also the same proportion thinks that their company could do more to provide further education, for example, via mentorship programs. And these are the cybersecurity people who, who say that. And um, referring to more to the to work and, and study uh, world. So there are three levers, three, yeah to solve the issue. The, the one is the targeted pro promotion of cybersecurity carriers. 43% uh, says, says that it would be a way out. The, the other is encouraging STEM, so so researchers actually, students to consider a profession. It's, it was 41% uh, and, uh, and maybe some better financial aid for the students. It's uh, also 39%, so uh, pretty, pretty uh, big portion of the the participants saying that. So, uh, Christoph, what do you think? Uh, how will this affect the cybersecurity world? I mean, this sh shortage. It will have a big, a big effect. Effect. I mean, we already see now that um, what you say there is, is most organizations uh, or the vast majority majority of, uh, of organizations they're lacking mm -hmm. people in IT and. Know, specifically in IT True. security, I guess. Um, and that's very similar to, or actually, actually it's, it's yeah, fitting hand in hand with what I experience when I speak mm -hmm. to organizations in terms of you know, offering our products or organizations that are interested in, in purchasing our products. Because oftentimes we get to a certain point where they say, oh, it's great to have a software such as yours in place that can give me visibility into my networks and that can, can give me uh, uh, the network maps and all type of, uh, you know, features, um, heavy analysis on the traffic and so on and so forth. But it's a lot of data. And I don't have somebody that mm -hmm. can look at the data and make actual sense out of it. Mm -hmm. So um, having, having softwares or, uh, or tools that can support the IT field is, is one thing. I mean, it will mm -hmm. be helpful or it is helpful. That's why there's a huge market for these type of products. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, it always gets only so far as where the organization is limited within itself um, by actually handling these type of solutions. And mm -hmm. uh, you could throw 20 software solutions at an organization. If there's only three people actually handling these or dealing with these, then it's, it's really, really, that's a big problem. So that's where I Only think uh, yeah. a very, very big market is, um, or a very big um, way out is mm. outsourcing these security services, which yeah. outsourcing is often a word that is not, I mean, you know, when we speak 
about outsourcing, it triggers certain feelings and emotions, uh, right? Like mm -hmm. people losing their jobs or whatever and so on and so forth. In this case, it actually is the opposite, right? I mean, outsourcing security could mean that uh, people can focus within the organization, can focus on their actual jobs yeah. and uh, be, be secure, feel secure that someone else is doing the heavy lifting on the security side, such as SOC providers. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where our organization also went right away in the last, I think, nine to 12 months. Uh, we started to, to develop our own managed services for our products, mm -hmm. meaning that um, because we, saw, we, get, we hit this point with many customers where they say, yeah, the product is great. Everything is, is good. We tested it. You know, we did the POC or whatever. But what do I do once I purchase this? Uh, who will look at it? Who will make sense of it? Who will deal with the alerts? Who will... You know, mm -hmm. they, they operate this basically. So that's why we develop these services yeah. that we also offer now. And um, by ourselves, but also for partners, of course, so providers and so on and so forth, which are even, which even give a better or more holistic uh, um, offering to the customers, right? By combining mm -hmm. several security solutions. And I think that's, that's where the industry is heading towards. I mean, very large organizations I see very, very large organizations where you would think they have an own IT security team, which they don't. They outsource, they use I external agree. providers. Mm -hmm. um, that's one thing. The second thing is you mentioned um, cyber or security personnel is being valued more and more in organizations, right? That was one of the takeaways from, yeah. the, from the article. So yeah, I think that is also something that we we see or that we um so we conducted a, a study ourselves as well recently um, um i was which, wanting to ask about that <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah which is is addressing more the ot uh, side of things mm -hmm. obviously because we are an mm -hmm. ot security provider but you know converting or, or the, the ot it convergence is basically so far along far along already that um you know True. even if teams don't want to work together teams are working together or um, you know, IT and OT are, are very much converged already. Uh, speaking about industry 3.0 to industry 4.0, and this where we are currently. Um, mm -hmm. There are so many IT devices in the OT networks, and you know, it's, it's just it goes hand in hand. So, mm -hmm. what we saw from the survey is basically what organizations are looking for are um, you know networking people, but also automation uh, experts and so on and so forth, and mm -hmm. cyber cyber personnel and from all these three categories the cyber personnel is actually getting paid the highest uh -huh. so i think that's a strong indicator of first of all uh, you know the supply and demand on the market there's a shortage mm -hmm. of the security people or personnel hence companies are willing to pay more for these people mm -hmm. uh, i think that will make the field more attractive um, for people to get into this and hopefully kind of have the effect that there will be more people in the cybersecurity field in the future, like near or midterm future, mm -hmm. by mm -hmm. uh, just making these jobs so attractive, right? Wow, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, sorry. But on the other hand, uh, demand will increase as well, right? So we learned mm -hmm. in other articles that, you know, everything is being digitalized and organizations are growing on, on, the, on that angle and need more and more people for security as well. So the both... Both will go up eventually, demand and supply, I guess. So mm -hmm. there will still be a gap, I, I assume. 
But uh, again, that's where like service providers come into the play. Mm -hmm. I agree. I, actually, it was really fascinating that your survey reached 3,500 professionals in OT and IT. So I think that's very rarely done. So I, I think it, it's I really worth uh, <laughs> reading it. And I, uh, so I, I'm just uh, promoting our, our, our podcast because we are going to talk a bit more detail about this. So please follow us on it. Uh, for, for me, what I found the most interesting that uh, there was a question regarding that, uh, what do they, I mean, the, the, the answer is regarding the participants, what do they consider the greatest risk on OT compromise? Mm -hmm. And 79% finds that the human factor is the biggest risk and only 11, the technology and, and 10, the, the processes. But uh, sorry to say, yeah. but I'm afraid these people have never ever looked into the challenges of, of protecting the OT environment. Uh, yes, human is very, very important. I absolutely agree. But I think there is some kind of a misunderstanding. I'm afraid even that that is uh, 79 uh, person shows that the people, the participants of the survey might be among uh, the ones who don't really understand the challenge here. So I'm just talking about the proprietary protocols, the, the special communications, uh, absolutely uh, missing the, the network segmentation within large and, and even critical infrastructures. So yeah, my opinion is that is false. So. Um, yeah, I think on that angle, most yeah. professionals in the OT environments are like their prim primary goal is obviously to keep production or to to enable production or you mm -hmm. know, uh, not production, but in, uh, to enable um, to enable the the environments to work right. May, may it be production and manufacturing, or may mm -hmm. it be in the critical infrastructure. Even more important, right, that things are mm -hmm. uh, operating. So that's why they call operational technology, mm -hmm. and then only. I don't know, second or third priority for them is probably the security aspect. That's Unless okay, there think, are yeah. security people for the OT world. And we see mm -hmm. more and more IT specialists or IT security specialists with networking background filling in roles in organizations such as um, OT security, um, like instead of IT security analysts or like OT security mm -hmm. specialists. So, so we see yeah, yeah. organizations that actually have uh, head of OT security, right? So that's something that um, this is this is new, but I really yeah feel welcome. This this is this is a, a positive yeah. change, definitely. So I mean, most of the people probably that work on the operational side, they have to take care that things mm -hmm. could be uh, operational, obviously, and uh, mm -hmm. there's no downtime and and so on and so forth. And then there should be, as an addition, people that take care of the security part in the OT space as well. Yeah, or uh, yeah, but the human error is. Um, it is an interesting one. As you said, maybe the executives that we were interviewed have a different understanding of what's human error. Maybe they don't trust the employees or it's, it's a... I'm afraid if they think that they, that if the people connect their, their, their laptop, their maintenance laptop on the internet, that's the biggest risk. Of course it is. Or or, or, or plugging a USB stick with non-scanned content into a machine. That's of course a risk. But if you if you address that, that's, that's absolutely far for, for from being enough. So there are much more sophisticated attacks. You and I will we know that, but it seems that the still the vast majority of people never ever realize that. And uh, yeah. 
So, so going back to the, the 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 other article, it says that more that it there are millions of people missing from the from the market. But on the other hand, I'm not sure if it was in the article, but I think that that the mindset uh, should also be changed because yeah, the, the, you can hire good cybersecurity people, but if they don't belong to the management. So it's it it will not be part of their strategy their 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 mindset actually so it will never succeed so that, that that's my thoughts on it yeah I think uh, also on that angle um, yeah. hiring people is one thing but uh, what I see here or what, what I think that's uh, it's even a meme in some cyber security communities um, yeah. these HR requests for hiring people most mm -hmm. of them request you need two to three years experience on that platform. You need four to three to four years experience on that platform. Mm -hmm. You need these in the certifications. It's, it's crazy, a crazy amount of requirements, mm -hmm. which in the end is, is, you know, great to have, but you would narrow down the potential, like the mm -hmm. pool of potential employees, like very, very much. If you put all these requirements in and don't give uh, people that, you know, just graduated a chance, for example, to grow into these roles or, um, yeah, by locking out a lot of potential experts or people that have uh, a good understanding of what security or what security actually is, but maybe they don't bring these certificates with them, or maybe they don't have that X amount, uh, years of experience, mm -hmm. um, or maybe even they don't have a degree from a university or whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, yeah. but still they can be brilliant people in IT security. And uh, I think that's something that organizations might also need to learn um, to give these people a chance. And then you probably have a bigger pool to fish in. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. So uh, concerning our subject, this is this actually is work in cybersecurity, which, what, <laughs> what we too do as well. So what do you recommend for students or, or young professionals right now? So which sector uh, should attract them the most? Or where are the hidden gems where they, where they can find their future? What do you think? Yeah, um, what, what would you do if you were 25? <laughs> uh, are you? <laughs> Not so far away. I'm, I'm afraid. <laughs> or 22 um, or even less. Yeah. So as I said earlier, I think you can see by certain um, studies they show or uh, studies or that were conducted or even like um, portals such as Glassdoor or whatever that mm -hmm. cybersecurity pays well it mm -hmm. in comparison to other i mean i think the whole it sector pays relatively well in comparison yep. to other um, sectors but i think specifically the cyber or the security part of it um, pays even mm -hmm. more now and that's something that makes it much more attractive i think for for young professionals and probably also an incentive for for students to maybe you know specialize in that direction or um yeah proceed a um, career path in that area what I can mm -hmm. tell you about the differences, for example, in Germany and Israel, or in Israel in particular, it's it's a very interesting setup because here in the army, there is, um, you know, everybody needs to go to the army here, like two or three mm -hmm. years. Yeah. And um, there's a unit in the army, the A200 unit, which is the cyber, called the cyber unit, basically. Uh -huh. So they do um, everything related to cyber warfare and so on and so forth. And um, these people that work in these units, they... They come there when they're like 19, 20, but they didn't uh -huh. study anything before. And uh -huh. uh, they get exposed to this type of, uh, you know, practical hands-on security 
mm-hmm. in their free year or even more. I mean, sometimes they extend even to a five years span, uh-huh. you know, they become officers and whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, people that worked in this field five years, um, day to day and really hands on, meaning that there's really, you know, there's behind the scenes, there's a lot going on between Israel and other nations here um, mm-hmm. in the cyberspace. So mm-hmm. these people mm-hmm. drop out when they're 22, 23, they don't have a, a BSc or a master degree in anything. Yeah. Uh, but they have a ton of experience. Yeah. And a lot of founders of cybersecurity firms in Israel, by the way, Skate Offense is, is one of them. Our founders also came from that unit, um, founded it basically when they were 24, um, mm-hmm. founded mm-hmm. Skate Offense without any, again, without any university degrees and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And these people are the most um, organizations are, are jumping. <laughs> on these people once they drop mm-hmm. out of the army, mm-hmm. right? They have, I can imagine. They have a lot of opportunities mm-hmm. to work. And I think that's one of the differences. Um, I'm not sure how it is in Germany. I mean, I know people in the, are studying IT and so on and so forth and universities. There's dual programs as mm-hmm. well, which are probably very good because of, um, you know, the practical approach. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's something that studying in university and having everything in theory is one thing. It's, it's mm-hmm. great. But uh, even better is if you have also some practical experience that you can bring in into mm-hmm. organizations. So, um, yeah, that, that that might be one reason that uh, the the cybersecurity brand of Israel is so strong. I think it's, it's, I think it's, it's one, one of the one, most yeah. important uh, definitely aspects. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. And I never considered that to be honest. So, but it's 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 fascinating. So, uh, okay, that I really feel that we need a lot of cybersec people in, in this challenging and growing digital world. Uh, the cyber threat landscape gets wider and wider. Thousands of companies just now realize that they have to do something. Hire people, train themselves, change their attitude. That's that's what we are covering now. And a good point uh, could be for newcomers that uh, there are tons of new technologies showing up, automation, AI, even in, in OT, new solutions like, like yours as well. And which uh, at which there is no advantage of the the older ones. So, actually, they can be the, the heroes of this this new world. And I think it's also something to uh, to consider for for young people. So they can quickly prove and realize their their life goals pretty soon. Uh, so, uh, what do you think? Absolutely. Is it true? Hmm? Absolutely. And there's you know it's not it's it's a it's a job outlook. Mm-hmm. Uh, or the outlook on a professional career in that vector or sector. Sorry, is probably it's a very stable uh, yeah. outlook, I think. So people talk about AI replacing people and, and jobs and stuff, but uh, I think AI no. is just growing no. the market in, um, especially the professional market for mm-hmm. for people that want to work in it. So I think uh, for decades to come, this is a very good career path, to mm-hmm. be honest. We agree. So. Come, come, people, come to this area. <laughs> okay, let's turn a bit uh, to another angle. So, what do you think the biggest challenge will come on the cybersecurity environment in the next couple of years, maybe even more, if you'd like? What, what kind of challenges do you see? So, I think the biggest one is uh, the one that we discussed throughout the podcast now, um, mm-hmm. shortage of, of people, ultimately. Mm-hmm. Um but again, we do see a shift there, like you know, outsourcing and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, attacks will get more and more sophisticated. 
Um, mm-hmm. But so do the defense strategies and um, mm-hmm. you know the the solutions which will prevent these attacks. Um, mm-hmm. Awareness is, is such a big buzzword. I think that the awareness is a challenge, and mm-hmm. some organizations. Um, I think that upper management is not fully aware of the risk that is is being posed by cybersecurity mm-hmm. attacks, for example, what kind of input it can has or impact mm-hmm. it can has into an organization. Yeah. Um, example, I speak to organizations where upper management um, thinks that, uh, you know, if that's what insurance is for, mm-hmm. right? If there's a cyber attack, that's why we have insurance for. I mean, that's a very um, dangerous approach, I think, to mm-hmm. to that type of, of uh, it, yeah. It can have a, a huge impact if, if a production, even if the production line is down for for an hour or two, uh, it can have a huge impact on an organization. And we've seen this in the past. Um, that's, by the way, I think something that is uh, improving, that uh, these cyber attacks are getting public more often. So meaning that organizations are not willing to just pay a ransom and mm-hmm. go on quietly, you know, and, and protect, pretend, uh, pretend that nothing happened, but actually involving um, involving the police, for example, and the media and make these type of things public. And that mm-hmm. is creating awareness. So I think mm-hmm. that's a good, good. Uh, but it still there's probably room to create more awareness all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, I think these are pretty much the two, three biggest challenges mm-hmm. that I see. Mm-hmm. Thank you, thank you. I think uh, for me, it is also complexity. You mentioned that. So the vectors for threats and the technology we use getting more complex. Actually, these are so complicated that we consider them more like black boxes. So mm-hmm. there's less and less people understanding what really happens in the core, in in, in the database or, or, or in the computing uh, center. and and the architecture, so it might lead into some some disasters, I, I guess. And one of also. the new technologies, uh, sorry, no, go ahead. Yeah. So the one one is this quantum computing that that might, of course, oh, be yeah. a huge effect on us. But uh, yeah, I think we'll 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 have a an episode on that. That's a <laughs> huge universe, I guess, yes. of of new issues rising up. So. But uh, this complexity to address, I think it's the best way to to, ad- to address this is getting smart, dedicated people on our side. So <laughs> still coming back to the original question. So can, yeah, more, it needs to be more, more lucrative smart. also to be on the on the good mm-hmm. side, if you want, right, of cybersecurity and not on the on the bad side, if you're already skilled. So it, it should be, you know, a no brainer to go to the side where actually you, you protect organizations from being attacked mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. the complexity wise as you said um an overkill on solutions and mm-hmm. uh, out there which uh, i think uh, we all see or especially like if you're talking about CISOs or again security specialists they have so many solutions offered and thrown at them that uh-huh. uh, everyone has and you know Scale Defense is part of it, but everyone has new features and, and different features that everyone wants to be unique in, in this way and that way, offering in, you know all kinds of features that might be relevant. And, um, but at the end, it's probably overwhelming 
to mm -hmm. uh, pro security professionals as well and um, to be sure to go with the right solution and so on and that these solutions mm -hmm. can be integrated with each other is it's a big issue or mm -hmm. a big topic um, that was lead leading back again to SOC providers, for example, you know, mm -hmm. which uh, one of, uh, I think one of the biggest strengths of SOC providers is that they actually make sure that these different types of um, systems are operating together and uh, you know, customers or organizations can actually make the most sense out of all these solutions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. But uh, yeah, that's definitely com complex. <laughs> Yeah, but if we look at this issue from the positive aspect or angle, we will see that there is a growth in it. Uh, yeah. Scale defense is growing, SOCWISE is growing, so yeah. there is a future for us for all. But uh, to wrap up this episode today, we can we can say that they're very oversimplified, simplified, but we can still say that the biggest cybersecurity threat today is the expertise shortage mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and the lack of know-how within the management. So these two things have the most effect. So we on ourselves uh, do what we can do we have as well with this podcast together with Christoph Wachtel today. So uh, with that, I would like to thank to our dear listeners and I hope that we will meet in our next episode of Cyberspot EU. Thank you very much. Christoph being with us today. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. It was a pleasure. And have a have a nice day for now. And I'll see you, you next time, people. Mm -hmm.